0: Merry Christmas, college basketball fans. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah as well. It's the day after Christmas. The stockings are torn from the chimney with glee, and now all through the house, not a creature is stirring. It's time to fill that void with more college basketball previews from the sixth year seniors. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm
1: 40. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here this week. That's why I got a college school. That's
0: why I was an All-American in Michigan.
1: I I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. There's only one way. There's only one way yeah. Mikey, how you doing? Thawing out after the Arctic blast. They called it a flash freeze last week. I hadn't heard the flash freeze before. New meteorology term that they're throwing out here, out on out here in these th- streets. You got to watch out for the carne weatherman, you know.
0: So how bad did it get
1: there? Ooh, the wind chills Friday morning were a little below zero. It was Ooh.
0: bad.
1: It was Ooh, bad. That's yeah. bad.
0: And that's what's heading to the northeast, I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's taken off and, and heading up that way. So yeah, have fun with that. But anyway, we'll be fine. Christmas was good. Yeah, so. shockingly,
0: oh, Christmas was good. You're you're, you're going to keep the kayfabe going for a while.
1: Huh? I am. I I am going to. <laughs> Wake Forest beat Duke too.
0: And Lipscomb beat Louisville. <laughs> They're shot number four at Louisville.
1: Right, we're not even into the show yet. <laughs> we're going to easily
0: go over the total that you posted in, in preview number one. Yeah. Yeah, Lipscomb on the road, closed as a one point favorite against Louisville and beat them 75-67. to 67. I don't get it. I mean, by the time you're going to hear this, Louisville probably also lost to North Carolina State, and they play Kentucky on New Year's Eve.
1: How ugly is that going to be? You know, there's some rumblings amongst the big blue alumni that they're not happy with Calipari. This would be a good opportunity to uh, keep the alumni happy for Coach Cal. I'm just saying. 110-55. to 55. 107 to 56.
0: <laughs> the line's going to be at least 20.
1: It's gonna, Oh, it's probably going to be more than that. It's. It's. It, it, he will use this as an opportunity to run up a score. I know. Oh, that.
0: no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Vegas can keep up with that total, knowing that Calipari will try and run it up.
1: No love loss. Good stuff. Hey, you, you know, second you, you mentioned that you know we talked about you know preview number one. That implies that there is a preview number two. Welcome to it.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, I my my brain's a little foggy uh, because of all the celebrating I did on Christmas. See keep all the keeping. all the eggnog,
1: the eggnog, <laughs> yeah,
0: eggnog and greenies is getting me going right now. Yeah. Yes, this is college basketball preview number two. Every conference that we did not hit in preview number one, we are get to in this show. Let's start at the very bottom, the Northeast Conference. We may as well just say it right now. This is a play-in team. I don't care which team goes in. It's play-in
1: time. Yep, don't matter. Lock it down.
0: They lost their best two schools in Bryant and Mount St. Mary's. How's that happen? Well, you yeah, get out where the getting's good. Bryant was their NCA representative last year. They flipped over to the American East. Remember, that was the conference title game. I think it was the very first conference title game of the season. The fans and the players start getting each other in each other. Oh, faces, that's right. And, yeah. and they had to clear out the fans. That was ugly. So in that game, Bryant beat Wagner by 40 points. And now Wagner, addition by subtraction, is the conference favorite.
1: Well, you know, at least get your, get the competition out of there. And, you know, you just kind of inherit it by default. It's kind of like Jeff Jarrett being the WCW champion at the end, you know, just kind of, kind of by default. No better options. Didn't
0: didn't Jeff Jarrett do that in TNA too? Probably.
1: Probably even more so in TNA.
0: (laughs) Wagner did beat Temple in overtime in their opener and that's going to be their best victory of the year because they don't play a team in the top 300 for the rest of the year.
1: Oh, good Lord, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can run the table in the conference. If if you're playing that schedule, yeah, it's it's playing city.
0: In the Patriot League, this is a totally different story. Colgate is going to be the overwhelming favorite once again but they're good and we know every year that Colgate is in the first round of the NCAA tournament they're going to give somebody one hell of a matchup
1: reliable reliable 14 seed across the board is there anybody else in the league that can uh can keep up with the toothpaste
0: <laughs> navy has tried for the last couple of years if they beat colgate and get in the NCAA tournament it will be a I wouldn't say a monumental upset, but it would be a pretty big upset.
1: This really feels like Colgate and everybody else. I don't see anybody else.
0: And this year, Colgate's got senior leadership as well. Four starters are in their fifth year with the program. And they added in this freshman point guard, Braden Smith, who came in from Seattle. I mean, that says something right there. He apparently was a big prep star in the Seattle area, not just as a basketball player, but also a football player.
1: So, I mean, this guy's got skills. Keep an eye on Bucknell. Maybe they might be able to to ruffle some feathers, but that's that, That's about it here.
0: Over in the American East, this is where Bryant went to. The American East lost Stony Brook, lost Hartford. No big losses there. Can Bryant go right from being the Northeast representative to the American East representative? I suppose it's
1: possible. I'm always going to default to Vermont in the American East. I will. I will pick Vermont every single year. The catamounts are great. Um, but I, it, I don't know if Vermont's as, as good as they've been the last few years. It's kind of, it kind feels like it's a little more wide open this year. Yeah. You know, Vermont is probably the American
0: East version of the Patriots Colgate. Cause yeah. you're right. I mean, every year Vermont's going to give somebody problems. They did uh they did a little interesting thing. They opened the season against Brown, and then they traveled to the West Coast for games against St. Mary's, Fullerton, and USC. I guess, you know, took a little California trip, got some sun before the weather got bad.
1: Not a bad idea.
0: By the way, going back to Bryant, they play at breakneck speed, so they're very entertaining to watch. And they've got a small forward, Charles Pride. I, I don't think he'll get drafted by the NBA, but he's one of those guys that can, like, develop in the G League. He's somebody who, if he finds the right team, and gets the right amount of coaching and finds the right system, he could be a rotation player in the NBA. He's got a lot of speed. He shoots well. Probably be like a 3 and D guy. You know, once they settle in and, and yeah. say, okay, this is what you are supposed to do. And I, I could see him making the NBA after three or four years of bouncing around.
1: And those and, and those guys with the right fit are valuable coming off the bench in the league. So. Something uh, to keep an eye on.
0: Good call. The, the, the biggest one that I remember, J.J. Reddick. I'm sure you don't want to hear that. Oh, God. But, my God. I mean, J.J. Reddick made a career, I, a decade-long career, out of just being an annoying 3&D guy.
1: He's still a jackass.
0: Well, yeah, he is, but he's also a millionaire jackass. <laughs>
1: oh, good for him. That's nice. He was in the building when Mike Krzyzewski got his last home loss, too. That was good, good times. One of the 84 players or whatever it was. Get the hell out of here.
0: Who'd Coach K lose to in his final game?
1: I don't know. Some team.
0: Bellarmine is also probably in the run, but they're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. That could throw monkey wrench into the system, but at least they've got teams that can take Bellarmine's place if necessary. Also, watch out for UMass Lowell. They just beat Massachusetts. They're 11-2 and two right now. I think they're about 120th in the Ken Palm rankings. It's really high for a team in the American East.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is a little bit gaudy there. But, hey, maybe they can get, get it and run with it. I don't know. Talking about teams with speed, let's go over to the Summit,
0: where it's defense optional.
1: <laughs> I love this.
0: I love this conference. I do. South Dakota State is the defending league and tournament champ. They took Providence deep into the first round. That was one of the best games of the first round. But they lost three scores, their top three scores. Right now they're leaning on sophomore point guard Zeke Mayo and freshman power forward William Kyle. They, they won early at Boise, but they've also lost to Stephen F. Austin and at Montana. So I, I think South Dakota State is a bit of a step down but was still going to be at near the top of the summit. Who else can be there?
1: Feels like Oral Robertson's best team in the league this year. Max Abrams is back. He's been fantastic. We, we he came up on the show more than more than a couple of times last season. I'm trying to figure out if, if St. Thomas of Minnesota is actually as good as their record says they are, but who the hell knows? Saint Thomas is an interesting
0: I, they are the Houston Rockets from a few years ago. All they do is shoot threes. And when they're on, they can beat anybody. But when they're off, they can lose to anybody. Hashtag got to make shots. They too, by the way, are eligible for the league tournament, but not the NCAA tournament. What kind of carny crap is that? The NCAA for you. Let's travel to the horizon next. They lost to Illinois Chicago. No big loss there. Northern Kentucky was thought to be a contender. But they've lost games to Kent State, Florida Gulf Coast, Toledo. They've dropped about eighty places in Kin Pomp since the start of the season. Can Northern Kentucky respond and 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 get back into the contention? Or if not, who who
1: can win the horizon? Well, you read off those teams there. You're talking about Kent State, Gulf Coast, Toledo. Those teams I would consider contenders in all of the you know your other mid-major conferences here. So they're not necessarily Bad losses, but they're bad losses relative to where you want to be in the computers come start conference season. So it hurts you there. I, I wouldn't worry about Northern Kentucky too much. Beyond that, though, there's just really not a lot out there that I'm seeing. I don't know, Cleveland State, maybe? Purdue-Fort Wayne's got an 8-4 and four record, but I, I I ain't feeling that. I don't know. The one I'm looking
0: at right now is Youngstown State. Mostly because they use the transfer portal well. They grab two starters and their sixth man from the transfer portal. And I mean, maybe that's the way to go when you're in the mid majors. You grab up guys that either didn't get the playing time they wanted in big conferences or you steal them from the really small conferences and see if they work out. Also, we got to watch Detroit's Antoine Davis. He's the four time leading Horizon scorer. He started the season with 2734 career points. He's got a chance to get into the top 5 uh, of all-time scorers.
1: Oh wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, he'll he'll go past Mike Dom. Might catch Chris Clemens. And in fact, he just cracked the top 10 in his last game, which was I think 36 points against Eastern Michigan if I remember
1: correctly. Good lord.
0: Unfortunately, though, the rest of the Detroit team is not that good. Let's put it this way. One of the stats that Ken Palm puts together is the percentage of possessions and the percentage of shots that a player has for their team when they're on the court. Mm -hmm. Antoine Davis takes 37.5% of the team's shots when he's on the court. That is second in the
1: nation. Oh, wow. That's three out of every eight shots while he's on the court he's taken. Maybe he's not taking enough shots.
0: <laughs> that could be. yeah. Maybe they need <laughs> <laughs> Let's head over to the Metro Atlantic next. This is and has been for the last few years. Iona's conference. Although it was St. Peter's who made that magical elite eight run last year that everybody's going to remember. But St. Pete is six and five right now. One and two in conference. They lost their coach, Shaheen Holloway, back to uh, his alma mater, Seton Hall. Uh, I, I think St. Peter's Cinderella story has definitely ended.
1: Yeah, certainly seems that way. Ended at the hands of my North Carolina Tar Heels in the regional final last year, but who's counting, right? <laughs> God, just, w- what a bunch of assholes knocking out St. Peter's like that. Come on. This feels like, you know, we, 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 it's been hint, we were pulling for the storyline last year. And of course, it, we got the swerve, and it was the other team that made the run of the tournament. Rick Pitino's taking Iona back to the tournament and winning in a game this year, right? Isn't that, isn't that happening? Doesn't that feel like it's going to happen? We talked about a couple of dominant
0: teams in conferences in the first preview, but I think Iona could win this by, say, five games. Mm. It, it, it actually wouldn't shock me if they run the table in the Metro Atlantic. And if so, and they get upset in the tournament, I think they could be an at-large contender.
1: Oh, wow. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far with them, but they're good. The Gales are good. They're good, but they also
0: didn't help themselves when they lost in the first round of the Diamond Head Classic right before Christmas. They had SMU down by, I believe it was eight points with about six or eight minutes to go and all of a sudden just fell apart SMU came racing back and then closed the door on Iona that tournament was set up for Iona to win they would play either Seattle or Utah State in the second round
1: Utah State had been frisky and then, and then they blew they blew that game the other night losing the undefeated season Utah State did
0: yeah but that tournament will already have happened by the time you're listening to this <laughs> <laughs> kayfabe (laughs) kayfabe
1: this is this is the six year seniors version of taping worldwide pro at, at, at Disney for six months in the summer for WCW
0: what was it and the nasty boys won the tag team no they lost the tag team titles before they actually won them
1: I'm sure that happened that's also where they got in trouble with the Hollywood blondes and the tag team titles because Brian Pillman got hurt before they could actually lose him at the clash of the champions. So they had to, they had to uh, improvise uh, some shenanigans there and had Regal come in and take Pillman's place at the pay-per-view. Somehow the titles were still on the line. Yeah. Great work, WCW. That's just, just, just lovely. So you know, hey, if a multi-million-dollar company can be
0: that screwed up, why can't we?
1: Yeah, we're just a bootleg podcast here. We're we're, we're just fine.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, shout, hey, before we move on from the metro, uh, shout out to my boy Andrew Playtag coming in in Siena. He's been really, really good for them so far this season. Yeah, I'm glad to see he found a uh, spot to land on his feet and, uh, and and get some shine.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Did he do much in North Carolina before he tore his Achilles? He, he
1: was. Spot starter, pretty much. The most notable thing I can remember is in the 2020 season before the tournament got a to shot. He got tackled along the sideline in the Duke game at Chapel Hill, and they didn't call the foul at the end of the game. And they said the ball went out of bounds off him, sitting up which, whichever of the two buzzer beaters happened. It was either an overtime or in regulation. It was the stupidest shit ever. I think but, I remember you ranting about that one. That It was ridiculous. It was absolutely garbage officiating. And I, I know it. we're all shocked by that. The only thing more garbage than the officiating than out were the uniforms. They were the ugliest uniforms of all time. Glad we never have to see that crap again. Uh, but Playtech's a good dude, and, uh, and glad to see he's found his role. Let's roll over
0: to the West Coast for a brave bundle of conferences. The Big Sky lost Southern Utah, so now they're down to a simple 10-team conference. That again, one true champion. They play a double round robin, so we'll take there we that go. Montana State is the defending champ, probably favored again. They've got the league MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Jabril Bello. Obviously, they aren't going to be a play-in team, but I can't see them getting much more than about a 15. The Big Sky just doesn't look as
1: intimidating
0: as it has in past years.
1: No, they definitely feel like a 15. I don't know what a Northwest Indian is. But Montana State beat him 144-59 to oh. over the weekend. And I just figured that needed a, needed a shout-out here.
0: Northern Colorado reached the semis of the CBI last year. And they returned Dalen Koontz, who scored 21.2 points a game last year. Let me see what kind of reaction I get out of you here. Oh, boy. He reminds people of Damian Lillard at Weber State. Oh, your boy. Oh no, no, that's right. It wasn't Damian Lillard, who is your your North Carolina killer. It was, um, oh, Come who's on. the other dude from the Big Sky?
1: Come on, it, you you can spit it out. Yeah,
0: you, oh, he he's got the great nickname, and I can't remember it.
1: Harold the Show Arsenal. There we are. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's just bring up all the, the ghosts tonight. That's that's people. great.
0: Well, I know you're going to have fun ranting about Carolina later in the show, so I may as well, you know, just knock you down a little before we get there.
1: Uh, the, the, there will be ranting, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> in the Big West, Santa Barbara is favored after making a late run last year. They've got sophomore point guard Ajay Mitchell, and he was the big reason that they went 9-2 and two down the stretch but lost Long Beach in the conference second round. I have a feeling with Another year of experience, Santa Barbara is going to be really tough to play. I, I think could be a tough opponent if they can pull like a 14 or a 13 seed. They'll be scary.
1: It depends on, especially it's weird with the with the West Coast teams because they're, they're not going to want the, the lower seeds to travel all over the place if they can avoid it. So they're going to wind up in one of those two Western pods. The question's going to be is that wherever they fall on the C line, Will the, you know, like like they could be a 13 seed and get the last four seed who's way out of region and's coming over to play the first game of the day in whatever the where's Portland or 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 you know San Jose or whatever the, the the one of the West Coast pods are they're on clock whatnot and you've got a team come from the Big Ten or Big East coming all the way across as four seed sleepwalking through the first half and Santa Barbara's up 15 points. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the the favorites in trouble. That's the kind of setup that that you can get with a good draw as a as as a good team uh, on the undercard out in the West Coast. Santa Barbara definitely definitely falls into that category, and they're good.
0: I think it really comes down to Santa Barbara and Irvine.
1: Irvine has yes. been
0: really solid last few years. They took San Diego State down to the wire on the road, and they uh, they beat Oregon in early November. So I mean, Irvine's got some talent. I also like Hawaii this year. I think they have enough depth and just overall talent that they're going to be nasty at home and will pick up just enough wins on the road to be competitive.
1: That makes sense. Hawaii is on the way back up a little bit. It would be nice if we can get the Bows back in the tournament like they were a handful of years ago.
0: Yeah, I can't remember the last time it was. But yeah, Hawaii in the tournament is always fun. By the way, Fullerton was last year's NCAA bid. They lost their top three scores, and they're rebuilding. Our last West Coast conference for at least this time frame is the WAC. Can you even call them a West Coast conference
1: anymore? Well, say so, yeah, we talked about this on, on the first show. They're not entirely West Coast. I mean, I guess they're as West Coast as the West Coast tag team champions, all right? There, there you go, yeah. <laughs> Are there any teams in the West Coast conference that that can be the Gladiators and, and, and try to qualify for the Crockett Cup.
0: Oh, yes, most definitely. I, I, by the way, uh, we were talking that half the teams in the West, Western Athletic Conference were in Texas. Very close. It's 6 of 13. Semantics. Sam Houston, we, we always love Sam Houston. And yes, I think, I think they could qualify for the Crockett Cup and uh, maybe even beat the Midnight Express if things break right.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we've been high on the Bearcats the last few years. By the way, I'm gonna throw out another one. Sam Houston, uh, as recently as this recording, beat Arlington Baptist 107
0: to 26. Oh my! What? That's
1: not that's not a logo win, by the way. But 107 to 26 was an actual final score in a uh, in a basketball game played by Sam Houston State. So <laughs>
0: 107 to 26. Yes. Uh, did they? Put a running clock in there at any point.
1: I have no idea, but that—that's what I have in front of me right now. Oh it's my on the god! Sheet.
0: <laughs>
1: what a shit kicking! Bearcats are good. What about Seattle? They made some waves last year, and they were a threat in the whack for most of uh, most of last season. They're sitting at eight and two as of this recording. Are they in the mix as well? I liked them early. I watched the game against Washington.
0: Uh, that they lost seventy-seven sixty-six. They're interesting. I think they're going to grow together as a team. Their record may not be impressive at the end of the year, but if, if they can get some breaks, I think they could, you know, they they could win the conference tournament, and that's all that really matters. Absolutely. Uh, New Mexico State has had a lot of issues off the
1: court. Yes, to say the least. We talked yeah. about them during the football season.
0: They lost their coach to Mississippi State, and now they've got the shooting thing going on. It's too bad, because New Mexico State is usually a pretty good team in this conference. They're 6-4 and right now, but I I just can't imagine them getting themselves together after what has happened off the court.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to, to see that happen. There's a lot going on in that locker room. A lot to overcome. There feels like things open up here. You got the new blood coming in. It feels like this could be a, a a transition year to where the WAC is now a contender to maybe get. I'm not saying this is the year, but things are falling into place for this league to be a a respectable basketball league again. Where you could you could pick up an at large bid if some things break right. Not necessarily this year, but uh, but down the road. There's some yeah, good teams I, in this league.
0: I, I can see a team like Sam Houston State or Grand Canyon, Seattle, yeah. as you mentioned, Cal Baptist is another one, and they're finally eligible for the NCAA tournament. Teams like that, yeah, I could see them in a few years having the ability to say, at least look at us at, for at-large bids. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love this conference. As long as Sam Houston doesn't drill everybody I think there's seven or eight teams that can win this conference in what is it four days in in the uh, in the tournament.
1: The geography doesn't make sense, but the basketball makes sense. So
0: yeah, that's well, ultimately it, what matters. Yes, well, it, and that's just it. They made themselves a basketball conference the last couple of years by adding all these Texas teams.
1: Yeah, as opposed to everybody doing the football gimmick. I yes. like it. Yeah, I, another
0: great example is. They added Southern Utah from the Big Sky. Southern Utah went to the semifinals of the Basketball Classic last year. So they're bringing in good basketball teams. The other cool thing is the conference tournament seeds are going to be determined by a ratings formula that is being created by Ken Pomeroy.
1: Wait a minute. Hang on now. What the hell's up with this?
0: Yeah, so it's not just because they have so many teams and they're playing an unbalanced schedule. The ratings are going to give greater credit to playing and beating top teams. So record doesn't matter. Pomeroy rankings matter.
1: Oh, so so I can win every game on my schedule and not necessarily be the number one seed in the tournament? That's what you're trying to tell me?
0: Well, if you beat everybody, you're probably going to be number one. Unless all you did was play the four worst teams over and over again.
1: This, this 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 doesn't pass the smell test quite yet though. I'm gonna have to put a note down. We're gonna follow back up with this in March because I want to know how this plays out.
0: All right. All if right. it's like
1: a tiebreaker gimmick, okay, I can deal with that. But the the scoreboard's gotta matter. Come on.
0: You're starting to sound like Jim Cornette after the '86 uh, Crockett Cup. <laughs>
1: Well, Dennis got thrown over the top rope. Bubbles there trying to catch him. Tommy Young's out here. He don't know his ass from his face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if that doesn't make any sense to you at all, and you say, I need a vacation to figure it out, who might you call?
1: Oh look, it's the week between Christmas and New Year's. You're it's it's cold. It's been cold. It's still gonna be cold winter. You know the you know it's, it's the winter solstice has hit. The days are starting to get longer, but it's still gonna be cold for three more months. Start thinking about summer. Thinking about your vacation. Think about Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She can set you and your traveling crew up with your next awesome getaway. Whether it's major cruise lines, all inclusive, Disney, Universal, you name it, she can take care of you. Tell her you heard about her on sixth year senior. She'll give you $25 off your next vacation deposit. She is on all of the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't know if she does the TikTok gimmick yet. God, I hope not. But anyway, WP Magical Journey is across all the social media places. She'll take care of you. Wendy Prater at Magical Journey. She makes the plans. You make the memories.
0: Hey, uh, how did she vote Elon Musk's poll?
1: Uh, She abstained. (laughs) <laughs> she, 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 she knew it was she knew it was an angle it wasn't a shoot so. I'm going to listen to the people until the people
0: tell me something I don't want to hear what a, what a corny piece of trash I knew Elon Musk was bad but my god the last, what's it been now, two months since he took over Twitter it's like watching a child
1: it is, it, it really is it's embarrassing
0: oh no no, I wouldn't call it, it. well yeah because he's a Texan I could see oh, how that's embarrassing on. to you. Not embarrassing, embarrassing to me. the human
1: race. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, mm, hmm. Not sure he's a human.
1: That's that's actually a fair fair counter to my statement. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Since we're talking about vacations and where you might want to leave to go on a vacation, let's head to the Ivy League where they just went through a horrible northeasterner, But that has nothing to do with the basketball teams. Yale is a defending tournament champion and the preseason favorite once again. I'm not sure that they have the kind of team that can win a game or even stay close in the NCAA tournament. Although they, they did hang tough with Kentucky. They only lost by 10. But I, I just don't see this being the usual, oh my God, the Ivy's got a great team here
1: kind of feels that way and that may say more about kentucky than it does uh yale for oh, like a good point if, if if we're shooting straight here oh and wake just banked in a three to beat the shot clock they're gonna beat duke they're about 14 good stuff. Oh, Kayfabe, brother kayfabe i'm sorry I, I, i've got this on the dvr i'm just watching it right now i'm sorry i'm sorry watch i've got the duke game on the dvr i'm, I'm catching up after the holidays wait,
0: wait wait how many times have you watched this game since it took place
1: Oh, this is the first time I watched it. I, I uh, promise. Okay. Fingers okay.
0: crossed. <laughs> hey listeners, this is Alan. Just wait until Mikey finds the Eastern Illinois Iowa game on his
1: D V R.
0: Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall.
1: Hey Cole Cabana, how you doing? Good stuff, good stuff. You know, Cornell had that uh, Cornell had that crazy game with Miami where they where they you know, scored 105 points regulation and lost. So, you know, they can get up and down the court. It, it may not be a year where the you know, the Ivy League champ is going to be a threat in the first round of the tournament, but it may be a fun year. Just because yeah. if if Cornell, if Cornell can get out and run, that's something that you don't see a lot of Ivy teams do. So there, there may be some style clashes here that, w- that could be very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, and that's just it. I, I'm kind of rooting for Cornell as well. They, they've got a unique situation going on as well. Their leading returning scorer, Chris Mannion, is coming off the bench. He's six five. He can play point guard. He plays both forward positions, and they just slot him in as probably one of the best six men. And that's a
1: matchup problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I don't care who you are. Having that guy come off the bench against you is is going to cause havoc. That's
1: pain in the ass. Yeah.
0: They should be able to get into the four-team tournament, which is what the Ivy still does. Can they beat Yale and Princeton both? That's the question.
1: Yeah, it's tricky. Winning the regular season could be, could be big here. Because you, you only go. have to draw one up.
0: Although, if Cornell's your four,
1: the, that, yeah. that
0: could be an issue. I, I think there's four good teams. And then everybody else. Let's hop over to the Atlantic 10 where they added Loyola of Chicago for the Missouri Valley. They're now at 15
1: teams. Atlantic little, 10, 15. The Atlantic 15, come on now. Come on! That being said, some struggles to start out the league this year for, for the a So I'm not quite sure. You know, Usually we have the conversation, how many teams can the a- A-10 get? Can, can they get three? Can they get four? How many at-large teams are going to be a play? And they usually wind up, you know, dropping off at the end, you know, losing, losing key games, not getting quite enough in the non-con. They haven't gotten enough in the non-con so far this season. It really feels like a one-bit lead to me. I think so
0: this year. St. Louis and Dayton were both talked about in the preseason, and neither one of them have done what has been expected. St. Louis, for instance, beat Memphis, and they beat Providence. But at the same time, they've lost to Maryland. Auburn, Iona, Boise, uh, you need to pick up a couple of those wins. Maybe not Maryland yeah. and Auburn, but you need to pick up either Iona or Boise. Yep. Especially the Boise game was at home. And then Dayton, too, they haven't beaten a top 100 team yet, and they've got five top 100 losses. Uh, that's hmm. just not a way to build a resume.
1: No, really not.
0: Yeah, and after that, I'm not sure there's really a team that can make a run in the NCAA tournament just because St. Louis and Dayton are dropping down it it could make the A10 very entertaining but like you said it may become a one-bid league this year
1: entertaining yes the failures of St. Louis and Dayton are going to cap the ceiling on how high a seed the league champ can get in the first place which is going to raise the degree of difficulty here for whoever does come out Davidson struggled vcu you know, been underwhelming. Just there's just nothing there. Fordham's got a nice gaudy record right now, but they've played nobody, so it can't take the Rams at face value yet. It's it's just a it's just a mess right now in the A10, and I really hope it's not a case they've overexpanded and they're screwing themselves. I don't know if that's the case, but 15 is a lot. 15 is an awful lot.
0: I we we just said that the wax 13 was too many. And here we have two more than that. Yeah. By the way, loyal to Chicago, everybody's favorite team, Sister Jean, the whole bit. Uh, they're only six and
1: five right now.
0: I don't know. Th- this may not be the year for Sister Jean and the Ramblers.
1: Nah, everybody's
0: struggling. Let's head back to the West and the West Coast Conference, which immediately you think of Gonzaga. But here's another conference that seems to be dropping a bit, especially from last year, where they had three teams make the NCAA tournament. And all three of them caused a lot of havoc. Uh, Gonzaga, obviously, everybody knows what they did. St. Mary's had the great games in the tournament. And San Francisco probably had the best first-round game of the tournament in that overtime thrilling against Murray State.
1: But you think they're... You think they've taken a step back this year, though?
0: It definitely. Gonzaga is not as good. I think the talent around Drew Timmy is not there this year. Although, you know, maybe by March, they grow together. Once again, Chet Holgram, dude, should be eating cheeseburgers and scoring 20 on uh, college kids right now.
1: And, and th- that's that's a big difference because I don't know. The, I can't remember the last time. We came on here in December doing these preview shows like we've done for so long and not been impressed with Gonzaga right out of the gate. They've always seemed to be ready to go straight out of the And it's like, okay, they get challenged in the non-con and then plow through the West Coast, you know, be able to sleepwalk basically through conference play and then have to flip the switch on. I don't know if they have that luxury this year. They have not been, the, they've been good, but they have been dominant in non-con, and, I, and I'm i not sure they're that much better than the other... T- they're The gap between them and everybody else, I think it's shrunk a little bit. I think it's less on the rest of the league, as it's just the Zags are not as good as they've been. I do think St. Mary's can compete with them. St. Mary's has been competitive. They took Houston to the wire. They've been good in some other games. Santa Clara might be pretty good. I think it's good for the Zags, if anything else that they don't have the ability to completely sleepwalk through the league schedule this year and may need to use it to flesh out some rotational issues and whatnot. Maybe it's a good thing that the Zags aren't coming into the season in peak form, and maybe they can build on it and find it later. I don't know. Speculation. The Zags are good, but they're not as good right now.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Gonzaga doesn't win the conference title now i'm not saying they won't get into the ncaa tournament but this could be the year where like saint mary sneaks up on them or let's say byu in their last year in the west coast new good call byu they've been in the west coast conference for 11 years they've never won a basketball championship in it that's crazy i that that shocks me I've, i figured at least once they would have beaten gonzaga or and or saint mary's or won the tournament, but no, none of it. Uh, San Francisco has dropped off as well. They still have their guard, Khalil Shabazz, but they don't have Jamari Bouye. And, and those two were electric last year. Bouye, by the way, Sioux Falls G League. So I'm glad to see that he's working his way toward an NBA career. And
1: That's of good. course, the
0: coach, Todd Golden, goes to Florida. So I don't know. I, I think this is probably a two-bid league Unless somebody gets grabs the automatic bid, and the NCA is forced to put Gonzaga and St. Mary's in,
1: it'll be interesting. It, the, I think just the Zags not being the locked in to just go ahead and pencil them in the number one seed in the West, not being that team right now, greatly increases the uh, intrigue in the in the WCC this year. It's going to be in- interesting to watch and see see what, who who challenges from the undercard. If Gonza I don't know, I don't have Gonzaga's schedule in front of me right now. But if they drop an early road game, things really get interesting at that point.
0: Well, let's see. They have road games uh, at San Francisco and Santa Clara, January 5 and 7. Oh, and actually then going to BYU January 12th. So there you go. That's an opportunity to lose one of those games, maybe even two.
1: Absolutely. That's good stuff.
0: That's interesting. You have a three-game road trip over essentially seven days
1: out of the gate yeah
0: from the west coast let's go over to the mountain west this is always a solid conference multiple bids coming out of here who do you like
1: i don't know it's hard not to like new mexico right now undefeated under uh under richard patino beat daddy the other night got a win at san francisco uh they beat saint mary's So, I mean, they don't have any monster wins that jump right off the gate at you. But they've got a solid little resume when you start comparing them against other mid-majors, so to speak. But are we going to consider the Mountain West a mid-major conference in this case? It still kind of feels like you have to. But they stepped it up last year and had a great, great season. And I was all in on going to the tournament, and they shit the bed big time. But New Mexico has looked great so far. UNLV's been good. Mentioned Utah State earlier. They lost their uh, their first game of the season the other night. Uh, let Weber State come back on them. Gave up a gave up a big lead. Crazy second half in that one. Boise's been great. Colorado State lost David Roddy. They're taking a step back this year. But the, but Colorado st- State just beat St. Mary's. Ex- well, there you go. Exactly. So I mean, on the whole, the the league probably goes eight deep of teams that are probably fighting for three tournament spots yeah and and the thing
0: about the mountain west is these are hard places to get to
1: as far as travel is concerned yep
0: so uh, travel not easy you got altitude as well when you're dealing with air force and uh, colorado state what's boise boise is at least a couple thousand foot elevation right
1: yeah. 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 They're, they're not, it's down in the Valley. They're not up in the mountains, but it's, they're up a yeah, little it's, bit. It's,
0: a, it's enough to make you suck air when you're, yes. playing, when you're playing ball.
1: Yep. Yeah. You
0: know, Nevada's got the elevation too. I think they're at about 4,000 feet. That's what makes this conference a lot of fun. It's like you said, it's wide open and anybody from about eight different schools can get to the NCAA tournament.
1: You will definitely hear much more about the Mountain West as the season it goes along. So There's some good basketball being played again out there, and I, and I hope they don't get dinged on the resume on the conference resume this year for their poor showing in the tournament last year.
0: Yeah, that's the only thing I'm concerned about. They had four teams in the tournament last year. They all lost in the first round.
1: But if I remember correctly, I think three of those games were really close. Boise got the crap kicked out of them by Memphis. But That's I, I right. seem to remember the other ones being pretty, pretty good. I think Colorado State had Michigan and that, I remember that being a weird game.
0: Yeah. Colorado State, uh, they ended up losing by 12, but it was much closer than the final score. Yep. San Diego State took Creighton in overtime and Wyoming as a 12 seed really scared Indiana. So yeah, I'd, I'm with you. I hope that they aren't dinged for a zero and four record
1: because that was not a zero and four performance. It was also last year, so.
0: Yeah, but you know how the tournament committee—I
1: know—they're biased.
0: You know, East Coast bias, South biased.
1: Yeah. Okay. And since we're going to the South, let's do it. Let's, let's go ahead. Yeah, you ADC want to talk? You want to talk about conference? You want to talk about conference bias? Conferences that were absolute trash in the regular season last year, and then put three. Three teams in the final eight of the tournament. Let's talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference.
0: Yes. I We talked all year about how these teams weren't any good. And then North Carolina Duke and Miami of Florida all made the Elite Eight.
1: Jim Egg is still getting things done down there on South Beach. The old Tilde.
0: And Miami's pretty quietly 11-1. and one. They yeah. won their first two games in conference. Their only loss is Maryland. Could this be a Miami of Florida year?
1: Well, we we you know we just saw on the DVR Duke drop a drop a road game to Wake Forest. No no easy road wins uh, out there in conference anywhere. We've all seen and heard about North Carolina's struggles to start the season, although I do think there, were, there have been plenty of signs over the last two weeks that Carolina's starting to figure it out, and that win at Madison Square Garden over Ohio State last weekend was a really, really big deal for the Tar Heels. I will be curious to see on the DVR what they do with, uh, with Michigan haven't caught haven't caught up that. <laughs> haven't far caught yet. up there Here, yet. Yeah, haven't caught up that far <laughs> yet. Uh, but but I'll, I'll fire up the DVR and see see what happens there. But Carol, we all know Carolina's got the talent, and I, and and Pete Nance has been able to fill the gap that Brady Manick left in a respectable fashion. But the 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 all the mix isn't quite there yet. But they've got they've got more bench than they did last year, which I think will eventually pay off. So long as everybody keeps getting the reps and the pieces start fitting together. I'm not too worried about Carolina. I think they're going to be just fine coming the end of the season. I mentioned this on a show a couple weeks back. I think Duke's really good. And I'm curious to see how they react, especially coming, coming into conference play and then in the pressure cooker that's March to John Shire. It's just, he's cracked all the jokes I want to about the old shire face and all this stuff but he's not Mike shashevsky thank Jesus I'm curious to see how he how he handles the you know, the the pressure of big time conference games and then the ACC tournament and so on and I'm also worried that there's a history of Carolina and Duke going to final fours in parallel although they both went to the final four last year I don't remember how that uh, how that ended up because I think I blacked out five times um <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it should be an, the ACC will not be as bad this year as they were last year. They weren't overly impressive in the non-conference. I like uh, D- Carolina Duke are going to be there. Miami's pretty good. Don't sleep on Virginia Tech. Yeah, and we talked all this I, stuff. I was going to say that. I mean they they won the ACC tournament last yeah, year. a seven seed. Absolutely, and, and, and we've talked got a lot of returning talent. They're eleven and one. They're eleven and one, and we've talked all this time, and we haven't even mentioned Virginia yet. I think the Hoos are back. Whatever happened last season, whatever chemistry issues they had, whatever it is, seems like they've kind of figured it out. Uh, Virginia losing their first game to Houston, uh, but that's not a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. As I said last week, I think Houston might be the favorite to win the national championship right now. But Virginia's outstanding. There's five teams right there, right off the top, that can all win the league. And I I think five teams that will comfortably be in the tournament by the time we get done. How much is at the bottom of the league? I don't know. We've oh, come already on. I'm cra- waiting
0: for this. Can we talk about the bottom of the league?
1: Let's talk. Let's talk about the bottom of the league because there's some bad teams at the bottom of the ACC. That's, that that doesn't even get to the bottom bottom of the ACC. Really feels like there's a there's a there, there's a huge chasm between the top and the bottom of the league here.
0: Hey, I, not that Georgia Tech is really bad, but have you watched a Georgia Tech game this year? And is Josh Pastner still wearing? That uh, like dentist mask. I
1: didn't. You know what? I didn't think to look when I had the Carolina beat him last week. I didn't think to look to see if he still had the had the dentist mask. (laughs) I, I love it because I swear he only
0: had one. And he would throw that thing around and beat it against things. And by the end of the season, it just had so many cracks and, and smears and whatnot on
1: it. It's like, how do you even see through that thing? Did, did he ever draw plays on the damn thing? He should he have. Probably that would have been hilarious. probably did. <laughs> it was great.
0: But yeah, Georgia Tech, not even the worst. Where do you want to start? Boston College, Florida State, and of course, we'll get to Louisville.
1: Florida, Florida State's so disappointing. Um, yeah, for years I have I have said on this show that you know low key Tallahassee was the toughest road game in the nation. Now you can give me Allen Fieldhouse and all that stuff, all you want. It was hell for ACC teams to go into Florida State and get wins. And all of a sudden this season, Florida State just looks lost. No, no fight at home. No fight on the road. I don't know what's going on with Leonard Hamilton Seminoles. But it's not the same F- FSU bunch that we've seen for the last five years. Well, now, come on. They beat Louisville. Well, me and you could find three guys on the street and beat Louisville right now. So that's that's nothing to uh, nothing, no great shakes.
0: Uh, well, it depends on what street we're going down. Are we talking going down bad
1: street or are we're, we in the slums? We're, 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 we're walking on Halstead Street, Chicago, sucker. Okay, I can
0: take that then. So, so we're talking Booker T, and Steven the Road Ray. Warriors,
1: and the Road Warriors. Gary, with Gary Hart as the bat, as our coach, let's oh, sign okay. up right and,
0: now. Hey, uh, is One Man Gang still alive?
1: But yeah, yeah. He, George he, Gray still alive? Yeah.
0: We could do that. So that's what it takes to beat Louisville:
1: Good is boy. three
0: retired pro wrestlers and a retired manager as the coach, and you. And yes.
1: You. Who's playing point guard? You Usually set it up better than anybody. You you, you can run the point.
0: I'm not sure I want to run the point. I come on. I, I was a six I, I was a six foot tall decent shooter who, as everybody else grew up, I, I just kind of lost my ability to play basketball.
1: Not too different than me then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just say we throw one man gang and you know right under the basket, dare people to drive on him.
1: Hit someone with a 747. I'll be good. I'll be good with it. <laughs> Do- <laughs> tremendous
0: all right so we have bach florida state boston college lost to maine at home as a 20 point favorite
1: kick them and, out of the league for god's sake
0: and, and they lost to new hampshire as well and they've lost to tarlington state i mean i'm just looking at their record here there are some
1: horrible losses here really really bad you know just, at least that's the only
0: thing that's going for boston college is they're going to start the conference season next and at least the losses won't look that bad
1: yeah, at least that, yeah, at least there'll be, you know, losses to named teams. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess.
0: Well, unless they lose to Louisville. And by the way, I think it officially gets us over the total of cheap shots on Louisville.
1: That that's that's nice.
0: Louisville right now, as we speak, is two and ten. I don't think we need to watch the game that is taped against NC State. I'm pretty sure they lost.
1: No, State beat Louisville. They, they, they beat Louisville by, uh, what was it? DVR, holler at me, what, 14 points? By oh, 14 points. Okay, okay, good deal. State state sleptwalk through the game, one by 14.
0: Louisville's only wins are against Western Kentucky and Florida A&M. And they only beat A&M at home by six points. Absolutely brutal. How can a team with this kind of basketball history be
1: this bad? They've won a national championship in the last 10 years. They've been to two final fours in the last 10 years. I mean this even even ridiculous.
0: DePaul has never been this bad.
1: No, this I I don't know. I, mean, I know it's I know it's a total overhaul of the basketball program, but I mean good grief. The the bottom can't be this bad. Uh, yet it is. Yet it is exactly.
0: How bad do you think it will get before they fire Kenny Payne? Or, or do you think feel, that's a
1: possibility this year? I almost feel like if they haven't done it already, he makes the season. But I don't know. It, ask me again when after they play Kentucky, <laughs> okay. because oh, that's how ugly true. that gets could could be a a fulcrum here.
0: That's very true. Yeah, if they get embarrassed, I have forty points. Ooh, that, that could be bad. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that could be the door for Kenny Payne. Yep. Although with this talent, I'm not sure that I, I don't think even if they could pull coach K out of retirement, he's going to save this team.
1: Well, there's, there's only one, there, there's only one school that coach K is coming out of retirement to coach. And, they're they're the team in blue and white in Durham. So when John Shire comes down with COVID later this season, they're they they're gonna roll old Mikey K out. So his his la- the last game he coached at Cameron Indoor Stadium, he can actually count as a win. <laughs> you talk about heel heat, brother. That you, let's book the territory right now. Do you, you want to put bets on it happening? I'm not taking that bet.
0: Uh, no, I wouldn't. I could see them doing that.
1: There's a 79.5% chance, 79.5% chance that Coach K coaches a game in Cameron Indoor Stadium this season.
0: And that's not Scott Steiner math.
1: No, it is absolutely not.
0: Anything else you want to talk about in the ACC before we move on?
1: North Carolina beat Duke in Mike Sashevsky's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium last year and sent his ass packing by beating Duke in the Final Four. One month apart. It was great. That's all I got on the ACC.
0: All right, let's head over to the Pac-12, which has 12 teams. What concept? You can can give the Pac-whatever grief for a lot of things, but at least they know how many teams are in their
1: conference. Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. Ain't that freaking hard, guys.
0: It'll be interesting to see what happens when USC and UCLA leave them. If they do,
1: good point. I think I think it'll go back. I, th- I think it'll be Pac-10 again. So long, if they don't replace them, I think it'll be Pac-10. I really do. I hope it oh, is.
0: I, I I hope so too. I hope so. By the way, has has this become national news? The whole gig about the uh, the UC Board of Regents finally allowing UCLA to go to the Big Ten
1: is that official? I I had seen there they, yeah, they were supposed to have the meeting. I, I never saw the outcome of that, but but I. I heard there were some shenanigans as far as them actually claiming they were going to hold up UCLA.
0: Yeah, there was some. There were talks of shenanigans, uh, but the board of regents finally voted on it and allowed it. And it, some people are wondering, well, why didn't this happen to USC? USC is a private university. Yep. UCLA is a quote poor boy school run by the state of California.
1: Yeah, U- UCLA, the poor boy school. That's nice. <laughs>
0: Poor boy schools with the state universities, where I went to.
1: <laughs>
0: but UCLA and Arizona made it to the Sweet 16 last year. They're definite favorites again this year. Beyond that, I think there's maybe four or five teams that are fighting for three or four berths. And then a couple teams after that that might be able to jump up and join them.
1: Note on UCLA um, dominated Maryland in College Park. I mean, just an absolute beatdown, and then uh, and then went to the CBS Sports Classic and also beat Kentucky convincingly. UCLA really really good week. They've looked really good so far. Arizona State. Let's talk about the Sun Devils real fast. You look down that resume and it's sneaky good. They you know and we mentioned last week we talked about the swag. Texas Southern hosts Arizona State and and, and knocks them off. But you look at the rest of uh, rest of Arizona State schedule, they beat B C U, they beat Michigan, they beat Colorado, they beat S M U, they beat Creighton. Although the Creighton just in a free fall right now, Arizona State been been sneaky good this season. I do think that it's U C L A and Arizona for sure, and I'm God that's that's gonna be those games are gonna be wars this year. I like Arizona State in three hole right now. I don't know if they're good enough to to be on the same level as the Bruins and the Wildcats though.
0: No, I don't think they're on. UCLA and Arizona level, but they're definitely on uh, Oregon and USC and Utah level.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that put, I I think the PAC 12 probably gets five tournament bids. So it's going to be those four teams fighting for three spots, but then you got to watch for like Colorado and Washington state. I think if they can mesh well as a team, those two can move up and at least get a notice for at large berths
1: we'll see how much cannibalization the the middle of the league does if 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 the top 6 if the top 6 in the league can, can separate from the bottom 6 i could see five six bids here but but again it's it's going to be how how much damage does colorado do how much damage does washington state do can stanford get up and be a, be a pain in anybody's ass I, I think I think if the league avoids losing those games, they can stack an extra an extra at large bit here. Uh, one team they will not have to worry about is California.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say since we have made fun of Louisville, we must make fun of California. They have yet to win a game in 12 contests, including in that our losses to UC San Diego, UC Davis, Southern, and Texas State.
1: Cal's a mess
0: again how does a team get this bad i, I think california was in the NCA tournament no less than five years ago
1: to go back and look at that but that sounds about right
0: yeah I'm, I'm looking here
1: monkeys in the truck
0: fill them in uh they got into the nit in 2017 and they were in What's... the NCA tournament as a four seed
1: in 2016 just seven years ago oh good lord as a four seed, good grief. As a four seed, who are you taking neutral court right now, Louisville or Cal? Ooh, true neutral court in in yeah, the middle of the United
0: States somewhere. Not yeah, a they're, Yeah,
1: they're they're playing in I don't, I don't know. They're playing in Denver, Colorado. Oh
0: boy, uh, no, that that's quasi. Uh, I think like
1: uh, Nebraska, Can, Kansas. Oh that? yeah, they're playing in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, okay,
0: Omaha, Nebraska. Ooh boy, that's that's tight. I think I'm taking Louisville in lane three and a half. I think Cal might be able to beat them. It's a close game. Yes.
1: Let, let's talk about the yes you, you, you want to talk about the SPCA tournament. These, these are number one seeds. <laughs> this is like, this is like that year. Uh, Kentucky and UMass were the, were the number one seeds and, and they were so dominant and they met in the semifinal that they had to reevaluate how they, how they seeded the tournament based on, based on how good the teams. are. We, we're we're going to have to re, reformat how we, how we uh, seed the SPCA tournament because Louisville and Cal are so bad.
0: Okay, I'm looking at the Ken Palm rankings, and it, it's very, very close. Louisville is just two spots ahead of California, 254 to 256. Their adjusted efficiency margin is two-tenths from each other. So I'm thinking oh, wow. this might be a pick.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) Tremendous.
0: We need this to happen.
1: We really do. Somebody needs to put put this on pay-per-view. Because it certainly doesn't need to be on over-the-air television. That's an FCC violation.
0: Well, okay. You know who could help with that is the Oklahoma football team.
1: (laughs) It's Russell,
0: (laughs) Oklahoma and Army for $52.95.
1: Hey, they got the money's worth. It went to overtime, at least. So <laughs> that's a good segue. Right, let's we got let's one. Go. We got one conference left.
0: Let's go to the big guys, the Big Twelve. Once again, Ken Palm's favorite conference, and frankly, it's not even close. All ten teams are in the top fifty of the Ken Palm range. Jesus Christ! That Kansas State is the quote worst team, and they're ranked fiftieth. And they're ten and one. They're ten and one. Good this grief. is gonna be nasty. The last couple of years the Big Twelve hasn't been as competitive as it was three, four, five years ago. I think it may come back to it this year. Kansas State has already beaten LSU, Wichita State, and Nebraska. So I mean, they've got some decent wins. They are going to be dangerous at home. I, I could see them finishing five hundred, you know, with a little bit of luck. I don't think anybody's going to escape and, and move away in this conference. Do you?
1: How long can can Kansas play at the at the pinnacle? Because I think Kansas is the best team in the league. Um, not Baylor? Uh, gun to my head, I think it's yeah, – that's a good point. Uh, gun to my head, I, I'm, I'm taking Kansas. Here, but Bay, Baylor's right there with them. Baylor's right there with them. Kansas – nor Baylor are – they're not going to stretch this thing out to – more than a couple of games over anybody else. And th- there's eight teams that could make a case that, hey, we're good enough to win the league here. Now, that is going to require getting wins over Kansas and Baylor at some point. Anybody can win in, in Lawrence or in Waco this season. That's a huge, huge cue in the conference. And I don't think the math works out where you could get all 10 teams into the NCAA tournament. I, I, was, I don't I think it's gonna possible. just
0: going to ask that. If you could have the conference champion finish 11 and 7 and the last place team finish 7 and 11 and then one of the bottom teams win the conference tournament I think you got a chance of getting all 10 teams in
1: That's how it would happen and I don't I, I don't think there's parity I don't think there's that much parity because I think Kansas and Baylor are going to win too many games to to, to be able to see, to oh. be able to do that.
0: Okay, what what if Kansas and Baylor both get knocked out, say in the first two rounds, well, they, they, in the quarterfinal and semifinal of the of the conference tournament. So that all you have left is quote lesser
1: teams. Got it. But at that point, at that point, your lesser teams are really going to have to be the, you know, your your seventh through ten, and go from there. I don't see it happening. But I, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way they can get nine in. I think I think eight, bar, barring barring Kansas, Baylor, and one other team really taking off. And hell, Texas is good. I, TCU. We haven't really seen TCU ready to go full blast yet. I think TCU's really good. Uh, Iowa State shown they can uh, that they can win games. It's it's wide open in the Big Twelve. I say, it's wide open as it can be with two teams that are as good as Kansas and Baylor at the top, but. Good grief i I would like to figure out how we get nine out of here because there's that, there's that many good teams they're all good they're all good basketball teams there's no there's no floor in in, in the big 12 like it, it's insane I totally agree with you I mean you just you
0: said everything that can be said uh, by the way I was able to grab TCU at 80 to one to win the national title. Just days after they lost to Northwestern State, which is now their only loss, and looking better the way Northwestern State has been playing. Yep, I have a feeling that's going to be my favorite NCA tournament bet, sitting on TCU at eighty to one. I uh, you, you just look at this conference right now. There's four teams with only one loss, and four others with only two losses.
1: And those teams with one loss have beaten some beaten some big boys.
0: No kidding. There's no holes here. It's going to be wildly entertaining once they start the conference season.
1: It'll be really, really good. No off nights whatsoever in the Big 12. More than ever. More than ever. And road wins will be a premium. Guard them with your life. That's what will be important. If the lesser teams can shock a Kansas
0: and a Baylor on the road, that's going to be a big resume builder right there.
1: Absolutely. That's how you get 10 teams in the tournament.
0: How many court stormings will there be in the conference season in the Big
1: 12? At least three. There'll at oh, least be three.
0: Oh, I think there'll be more than that. Well, except the problem is is maybe they're going to go by the old, hey, act like you've been there before.
1: They got high standards.
0: Absolutely. But if Kansas State, say, beats Baylor at home, I, I, I could see them going, nah, we were supposed to
1: do this. Kansas State beat Kansas at home. They're rushing the core. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out there. I got nothing else. I'm tapped out. The 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 DVR is full. I've, I've got to get caught up.
0: All right, let, let's do a Final Four prediction here. And we're talking. It's you know it's Christmas. We're three months away. Who do you see in your Final Four?
1: Oh man, this is tough. I think Kansas will get knocked off somewhere along the line. The defending. It's so hard to repeat. So in so in that case, I'll, I'll take I'll take Baylor to come out of the Big Twelve. I really like Houston. Like I said, I, I think Houston's the the pick to to win the tournament right now. So Houston and Baylor in Texas. Houston playing a home game, home games for the Final Four in Houston. Oh man. Yeah, that another reason Houston ought to be super motivated for this. Houston, Baylor. I'm not sold on the top of the SEC. I'm not sold on the top of the Big Ten, Purdue as good as Purdue is. I'm not. I, 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 I'm going to take. I, we're, I'm going to take teams we talked about here. I'm going to take Houston, Baylor, UCLA. Oh. and a North Carolina team that figures it out as the season goes along. Total homer pick, but I don't care. They were number number one in the AP preseason for a reason. They figured it out as the season goes along. Carolina teams always get better as the season goes along. They're starting to figure it out. Right there, Houston, Baylor, UCLA, North Carolina, not a bad Final Four.
0: No, not a bad Final Four at all. Uh, Does that mean you put the classics, UCLA, and North Carolina together?
1: Uh, the way that would – actually, no, it, it'd probably be Baylor and Carolina in a rematch of the second-round game oh, from last year man, with UCLA and Houston on the other side.
0: All right, I would go with Houston, Purdue. I like Purdue. I think, I think this is Zach Eadie's year. Houston, Purdue, Alabama. I like what mm. they're doing in the SEC. And then I have a feeling there's going to be somebody coming out of, quote, nowhere. Let's go with – Oh, let's go with Memphis, because oh, wow. I, I because because I have a, a win ticket on them. I can see Penny with that depth on that team. I can see Penny turning it up in March. So, Houston, Purdue, Alabama, Memphis.
1: Interesting final four.
0: So there we are. That's all. Thirty-two conferences in two massive previews. We'll come back after the college football championship game either wednesday thursday something like that we'll figure it out because we're going to take a holiday break as well recharge our batteries and then it'll be every monday until march madness college basketball college basketball college basketball
1: gonna be good stuff well for gary hart cm punk and the total package lex luger that's the best producer in the business. Alan Cap's on Mikey Watson. We'll be back when we're back to talk about the national championship, other bowl games, and a bunch a bunch of hoops. We'll have to get caught up once we clear out the DVR right here on Six Year Seniors.